is king of the media. I suppose our youngsters would say cornball or square. And now, CBN Radio brings you... broadcast uh, uh, media can do. You give them a sense of flavor. It's all vegetable. It's digestible. It's delicious and nutritious. Bite-sized and ready to eat. It's made with real egg formula. And here's a nice-looking record package in from New York. I woke up this morning with WCBN. America's ace of the airways. If this instrument is good for nothing but to entertain, amuse, and insulate, and we will soon see that the whole struggle is lost. And believing that radio has a responsibility to serve in the public interest at all times, we are turning over our facilities to the state militia at French. <laughs> WCBN FM Ann Arbor BN Arbor WCBN FM WCBN FM Ann Arbor WCBN FM Ann Arbor WCBN Ann Arbor A very pleasant, peaceful feeling. You relax deeper and deeper each downward count of my voice ten. Relaxing deeper, nine, letting the body gently begin to sink deeper, eight. Eight point three. Yes, it's like a, a push-button radio, you see. 24 hours a day. Whether you like it or not. Oh, we're limited to a 500-mile radius now, but we're working to extend that limit. Well, uh, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley, and Jim Dwyer, I think, is on the way, but <clears throat> stay tuned. <laughs> anyway, uh, obviously the Michigan primary is over and done with. Uh, very interesting that the results sort of uh, comported with my uh, predictions last week uh, that Romney would narrowly win. And that the key for him would be the uh, voter turnout uh, in the uh, suburban Detroit area. And if you go back and you check the actual results, the key county for Romney was Oakland County. This is where he uh, he basically clobbered uh, Santorum. He got more votes in Oakland County than Santorum, Gingrich, and Paul combined. And that's what allowed him to win the state. And obviously tomorrow is Super Tuesday. 
Romney, for the record, won some sort of a straw poll slash beauty contest over the weekend in Washington. And when you add that to uh, recent victories in Maine, he's beginning to show some geographic strength. I think what's interesting about tomorrow, and I'll just uh, do a very quick summary of the Super Tuesday lineup, and then we can get on to more dastardly topics like Rush Limbaugh and Andrew Breitbart and uh, the uh, hideous uh, vote in the United States Senate this past week. But I think Romney's going to win Idaho, North Dakota, Vermont, Massachusetts, and Virginia. Um, Idaho, by the way, is probably uh, Ron Paul's best bet. North Dakota is interesting because it is a conservative state, but its economy is doing quite well. And uh, it tends to kind of stick with the traditional uh, party um, faithful. It's a kind of a traditional Republican sort of apparatus state, and that's where Romney's is obviously doing the best. Remember that Santorum and Gingrich are not on the ballot in Virginia, and Virginia has 49 delegates. So um, unless Ron Paul does unusually well in Virginia, uh, Santorum is going to rack up a rather large margin in the delegate count in that state alone. It's fairly safe to say that I think Gingrich will win Georgia, his home state. So that leaves the two most interesting states, in my opinion, as Tennessee and Ohio, with the only other state uh, in play, Oklahoma, and, of course, Alaska, which may be another state that Ron Paul uh, finishes at least second and could conceivably pull an upset, but I sort of doubt it. Uh, Alaska also is similar to North Dakota in uh, having a little bit of mavericky uh, voters, but at the end of the day, the party apparatus is fairly strong there. Idaho is very different. Idaho is, uh, I just mentioned that that's probably where Ron Paul might actually do the best, but once again, Idaho is a significant Mormon population. And that also, would get, uh, heavy militia. Yeah. Gotcha. And that's why Romney will probably win Idaho. Um, Ohio is already being called too close to call, uh, so that will be the uh, state that the media focuses on. But I think that Tennessee, at the end of the day, may be the most interesting state because it has almost as many delegates up for, for up for grabs um, as Ohio. And uh, interestingly, this is a state where uh, uh, Santorum has supposedly a lead, but it's uh, fairly tentative. So those are the two states to keep your eye on on election night. Look for Gingrich to win uh, Georgia fairly handily. We'll call that a home state win. And for Romney to win uh, Virginia, Massachusetts quite handily. Uh, probably Vermont, uh, North Dakota handily, and uh, Idaho and Alaska narrowly. Where does that leave Lixantorum? Uh, not looking too hot, because uh, he's probably barely going to win Ohio, and if he wins at all. And, of course, Gingrich uh, will finish poorly in Ohio because he's pretty much banked everything on Georgia. Tennessee is the state that's going to be interesting. And Oklahoma, the other state that I didn't really mention, I think that that will be, once again, a fairly close three-way battle, uh, very conservative, probably a win for Santorum, 
And if he doesn't win Ohio, that I think will be the only state he actually wins. So he'll be uh, crying about delegates. And uh, the Michigan primary, let's, you know, let's face it, uh, the, the numbers on the crossover were about 9 to 10%. Most of that vote went to Santorum. Ron Paul did fairly well with the Democrats for uh, anti-war reasons. Certainly in the Detroit area. And uh, I guess uh, one wonders why Michigan spent $10 million on jumping the gun here. Uh, Rick Santorum has made a big stink over the weekend about this one delegate thing, which is silliness. The question is, why does North Dakota get 28 delegates in the Republican primary? Michigan's was halved because of the jumping the gun thing. Michigan gets 30. Michigan has 9 million more people than North Dakota. The Republican primary is filled with all of these arbitrary, inconsistent methods for apportioning delegates, arbitrary rules, funky activity by caucuses, vote irregularities, ballot box stuffing with absentee ballots in all likelihood. And Rush Limbaugh doesn't have a word to say about it. Well, when you factor into the equation uh, also the uh, fact that less than 17% of registered voters yeah. in Michigan participated in the primary vote, we'll never really know, I guess, how many of those were Democrats just sort of throwing their little playful blob of Play-Doh into the mix, mm -hmm. whether they voted for Ron Paul or uh, Rick Santorum. At the end of the day, it's really difficult to gauge what it means. I mean, you look at the map as it's printed in the Detroit Free Press of uh, the vast swaths of, you know, the right-hand side of the state, you know, the left-hand side of the state, if you're looking at a map. But mm -hmm. if you're using your map hand, it would be the right-hand side of the hand. Um, that's the right-wing side of the state. Of course it all went Santorum, the UP, sparsely populated uh, with its sort of traditionalist uh, approach to uh, politics. Uh, also, clearly favored Santorum. But uh, in that huge chunk of purple territory on this free press map of Michigan, how many actual votes does it represent? It looks impressive, but the numbers belie the uh, impressive splendor of the color. Sure, you can look at map. A, a county like uh, in the Detroit free press map... Uh, Keweenaw, which is a great name. Uh, we have a lot of uh, counties that yeah, have that, similar names. And, of course, Keweenaw is at the tip of the uh, the UP, up uh, uh, off of Lake Superior. And they have five precincts. 126 people voted for Romney. 127 voted for Santorum. 29 for Newt. And 38 for Paul. Ann Arbor has one precinct that has vote totals that are higher than that. Uh, so this is very low turnout. That's the key for Santorum's yeah. wins. And, of course, where he's winning, if he's winning at all, because I don't, I don't think he's winning anything as of yet. Uh, he's done very well in states that have had really light turnout. It's always the abortion issue. Mm. Rick Santorum even lost to Romney amongst, quote, Tea Party people in the post uh uh, election polling. I thought the election polling data, by the way, uh, in the New York Times was was outstanding. This was uh, very thorough. There were something like 2,500, 4,000 people that were interviewed. They got some very detailed information 
about why people voted for who and and what the issues were. But at the end of the day, uh, Mitt Romney spent, and this is according to uh, Michigan Public Radio, $8.48 per vote. Santorum spent $5.81 per vote. Um, Ron Paul spent $0.48 per vote. Uh, Newt Gingrich probably spent even less than that. Uh, Man, Romney, you should have just taken me out to lunch. I might have voted for you. <laughs> I did not vote in the. Um, I did not vote in this uh, right. arbitrary primary. And see, the other thing that's strange is Michigan has a August primary where they're going to pick uh, congressional uh, candidates, probably determine some uh, ballot initiatives, and also they have a May caucus involving Obama and the Democrats. Very strange. I don't know why we need to have three different primaries, but uh, this gets back to some of the uh, problems with the arbitrariness of some of these uh, states with caucuses and how delegates are picked and arbitrary rules about jumping the gun and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and... Uh... But at, at, on Wednesday, Mitt Romney's going to be well into the lead in the delegate count, and... Um, Newt Gingrich and or and or Rick Santorum are going to be um, facing the music, I think. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to do that well, but because these delegates are still apportioned proportionally, the key is just not getting blown out of the water in some of these states. And that may happen to a couple of these chaps because... Uh, for instance, not getting on the ballot in in Virginia is is uh, debilitating. Santorum is not even eligible for delegates in three congressional districts in Ohio because he didn't get the signatures. Hmm. These weaknesses in uh, organization on the yeah, ground. It's it's why Romney will probably win, uh, barring any more gaffes uh, about uh, birth control. Well, uh, the. Financial Times on March 1st uh, on their op-ed page. And, of course, financial newspapers uh, are pretty good when it comes to international reporting and uh, economic matters, but uh, tend to have very conservative op-ed pages, by and large. The Wall Street Journal, of course, rabidly so, especially since it became a Fox property. Uh, Murdoch, that is. Um, but this particular piece really struck my attention. It's entitled Republican Woes. And I'll just read the final two paragraphs of it. Um, subtitled, GOP's division stand in the way of a November win. Uh, Nor are the bad omens uh, confined, I jump in here to the final two paragraphs, to the presidential race. This week, Olympia Snow, one of the few Republican moderates left in the Senate, said she would retire, blaming the polarized my way or the highway climate in Washington. Miss Snow's state of Maine could now elect a Democrat. Until recently, it was assumed Republicans would take the Senate and hold the House in November. Both bets now look wobbly. U.S. politics is in flux, but the Republican Party's malaise is self-inflicted. It is worth noting that without Ms. Snow's support in 2009, Mr. Obama would have failed to pass his $787 billion stimulus package, which would have been a disaster for America. If people like Ms. Snow are bolting, perhaps the Republican ship deserves to be scuttled. This from a fairly conservative newspaper. Yeah, and what's interesting about uh, Ms. Snow, uh, obviously there's been a lot of uh, media uh, lionization of her independence over the years, and she's had moments. And it's interesting that in the uh, 
Thursday amendment called the Blunt Amendment that rhymes with a bad word that starts with another letter that I won't uh, articulate here. Yeah. Enunciate. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that to Rush Limbaugh. He likes to watch. He's a video man. Um, she was the only Republican to vote against uh, the Blunt Amendment, which, of course, was couched by the uh, uh, Republicans as a uh, freedom of uh, religion mm -hmm. issue when it was no such thing. It was just the opposite. Um, it was the interference of uh, government into... Uh, Religion. Personal health care. Personal health care yeah. and, and religion, if you wish. I mean, anybody can use the freedom of religion question. If I were a vegan and owned a company and decided, well, I don't like people that eat meat, drink dairy, and um, don't use uh, Tom's toothpaste, <laughs> um, you can't have any health care. That's my religion. Uh, it, would, it would open up an entire can of worms. But it's once again the difference between the parties. Uh, the three Democrats that voted uh, with the Republicans in this 51-48 vote, this narrowly was defeated, the Blunt Amendment, uh, were uh, two uh, pro-life Democrats from Bubba States, uh, Bob Casey and Joe Manchin, both up for re-election this year, which uh, might have been a strategic decision on their vote. Maybe mm -hmm. uh, without the Olympia Snow vote, one of them would have uh, voted with the Democrats. Uh, Casey more likely than Manchin, because Manchin's trying to uh, be mavericky. Um, and uh, Ben Nelson, who's retiring from the Senate and has frequently voted uh, with the Republicans on all sorts of uh, issues. Uh, so uh, this was a disaster. And of course, you know, Mitt Romney had his infamous foot-in-the-mouth uh, mistake when he was giving that interview. I think I neglected to bring that clipping in, but, I mean, it's just so hilarious. He gives the right answer the first time. Then he has to backtrack. He basically said, I'm against the amendment because I, I don't want to go there. He said, I don't want to get into decisions between a man and a woman. That's the correct answer. Indeed. But, of course, it's the incorrect answer with the base of the Republican Party. So then he had to backtrack. Then he had to give a disingenuous explanation for why he got the question wrong. I was confused. And at the end of the day, um, he didn't set his hair on fire, as, uh, as he put it in one speech here in Michigan. But I kept picturing Mitt Romney, you know, with his perfectly sculpted uh, bro cream do. And I thought of the word blowback, and then I imagined Mitt Romney with the blowback being the whole Brill Cream do going combed over to the front. Combed over to the front. That was the blowback. And, of course, it continues the narrative of, of Mitt Romney just being a little bit unclear about who he is and what he stands for and what he's saying to get elected. Right. I mean, what he stands for might be... You know, his first reaction, the first thing he said. But uh, when you have to couch everything that you say in the terms that appeal to the narrow base of the Republican Party, you're just whittling away at that middle ground that is what everybody knows, uh, the determining factor in presidential elections. Yes. And speaking of the narrow base of the Republican Party, uh, two of their journalistic advocates have in the dust, so to speak. One's dead. Yeah. <laughs> and the other one's not quite dead yet. 
But advertisers are fleeing Rush Limbaugh. It's about time, too. It's really remarkable to me that this guy has, has had a run as long as he had, sort of unquestioned. He's uh, very close buddies with uh, Supreme Court Justice Thomas. Uh, Clarence Thomas officiated at Rush Limbaugh's wedding. And so he enjoys the support of uh, some of the party elites. Was that his third or fourth? Uh, fourth, I yeah, think. Yeah, and he paid Elton John millions of dollars to <laughs> play Rocket Man. Yeah, and Elton John, like a good British artist, cashed the check. He was in it for the money. Yeah, regardless of what Rush's stance on uh, Elton's lifestyle is. But uh, finally, Rush Limbaugh has sort of... Uh, Gotten a little bit of blowback here, too. Yeah, he, he's uh, lost nine advertisers last time I uh, checked. Nine was the listing uh, I yeah. saw this afternoon. Yeah. And that's probably going to go AOL being the most recent. And, of course, some of the companies uh, involved are amusing in and of itself. Uh, Rush Limbaugh's listenership, of course, consists of angry white males. Um, don't want to generalize too much here, but they uh, guzzle lots of gasoline they think government is too big. Well, they think government it's, it's in and of itself is bad. And they realize that their penises are too small. So they make up for it with vitriolic rubbish. Uh, Rush Limbaugh's comments are simply indefensible. They're vicious. Rush Limbaugh reminds me of one of those dudes that we all knew when we were kids growing up that uh, used to run over to the diving board. Jump up and down, and then do the cannonball just to splash the girls. He's a bit of a bully. He's uh, a verbal bully. He's probably the kind of bully who... He's a sissy. ...used to get beat up a yeah, lot he's probably and sissy, get wedgies yeah. on the bus and so forth, and now, like Carl Rove, takes out this sort of inner hostility from oh. childhood uh, injustices uh, against the world in his uniquely non-fact-based way. Uh, to to say what he did about this very articulate young woman from Georgetown, a graduate student, uh, who, yeah, spoke fairly articulately in front of a Senate committee, and it wasn't any fluke, pardon the uh, pun, about what he said because that's what he believes. He issues, uh, you know, a non-apology apology. Right. The controversy continues. Uh, even John McCain got into the act. He took his space helmet <laughs> off briefly to denounce Rush Limbaugh a little bit today, but. Uh, when you have even Rick Santorum calling uh, uh, Russia's uh, comments uh, absurd, um, I think uh, John Boner Boehner used the word inappropriate. <laughs> yeah, and what, what Boner Boehner means by that is probably, shh, don't say those things, Rush. Think them. Yeah. It's not wrong to think it, but don't say it because it makes us look bad. Uh, it's a real red flag and a wake-up call for anybody who's sort of uh, not sure on uh, which party best represents women's issues. Yeah, and I think that Maureen Dowd's uh, column in yesterday's Sunday Times is an, uh, very uh, illuminating. Uh, I neglected to bring that in, too, but it's got uh, quite a lot. Well, it's got more of the substance of what Rush actually said that's even worse than has been reported, in my opinion. Um, this guy is a strange fellow, and uh, I don't know if when Rush Limbaugh falls in the forest th that we hear a sound, but I'm sure for once the trees actually talk. <laughs> shamu, shamu. <laughs> 
Well, a couple years back, uh, maybe 10 years back, uh, I used to actually listen to his program on the uh-huh. radio from time to time while driving just to hear what he had to say. And uh, it's it's not very uh, good programming. It's uh, just a lot of ditto heads. That's what they proudly call sure. themselves, the listeners, who agree with everything that he says uh, unquestioningly. Um, and, of course, you know, people like Santorum and Boehner, Boner, have to distance themselves from it publicly. Although, based on some of uh, Santorum's other comments about a woman's right to choose, uh, or murder, as he uh, would no doubt frame it as, mm-hmm. I'm sure that somewhere deep inside, he agrees that uh, women who use birth control are sluts. Yeah. Uh, because well, he's talked about that. He's talked he's about... He's got a big family and... The Woodstock... Uh, uh, the Woodstock thing and his whole obsession with the '60s, of course. Uh, Carl Rove's obsession too, trying to undo the uh, the '60s. And here's a photo of uh, Rick Santorum on the, in Michigan, uh, in Livonia, as a matter of fact, on the front page of the February 28th Financial Times. Just a comment. He looks awfully metrosexual there. He does indeed. There's, uh, <laughs> there's kind of a weird. But what's Orange. really striking about the photo for me is he's got a magic marker in his right hand. He's getting ready to sign an autograph. Somebody has slipped him a Virgin Mary prayer card. Oh, great. This is the sort of thing that's printed up, and usually you get them at a funeral with the name of the deceased and the mm-hmm. dates and a prayer. And it's a sort of a, you know, a Catholic icon sort of a thing. Probably an Andrew Breitbart. Right. This guy's... Souvenir. This guy, as I've said before, he's running for Pope. Yeah. But he can't be Pope because he's married and has kids. Um, I think probably Obama is chuckling to himself and thinking, you know, it'd be funny if Santorum actually did get the nomination. Well, I don't understand how Santorum would have any time to actually be president because he homeschools his children. Busy homeschooling his seven children, right. That's got to be a full-time job. What's remarkable about this uh, Santorum phenomenon uh, it's not surprising uh, because the Republican Party is uh, we, we've we've called it f- for months now. It's a it's a carnival. Uh, Newt Gingrich is the carnival barker, and it's just one clown after the other. It's a spent collective, <laughs> and it's it's amusing uh, to say the least. I mean, satire. I I haven't been watching Saturday Night Live because I don't have a television at the moment. Well, I have a I have one. I just don't have cable, but uh, and I work during those hours, but. We'll just be having a field day with some of this nonsense that that goes on from these candidates. It's just endless gaffes, one after the other, um, or or kind of what I call uh, loony ideas about um, uh, the world. Uh, Gail Collins remarked in a kind of interesting column that she collaborated on with David Brooks that who knew there were so many loony billionaires in America. <laughs> Because they're financing Santorum and Gingrich. They're keeping them in the race with this super PAC money. Well, you know, those probably uh, guys probably get a tax write-off for that because it's, it's losing money. Yeah. I think any money spent on the Santorum campaign is, is lost. Forrest Freeze. Uh, I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> That's almost as good as Chris Chocula. The, the uh, Aspen Man. You know, he makes those comments that are just... I, I mean, they're... You know, Andrea Mitchell had to kind of go, did, it, did, I, did I just hear you correctly? <laughs> Are you serious? Or is that, and, and then, of course, he had to say it was a joke that some people didn't get. Right. 
Um, well, of course, that's what people always say when they say something that's taken the wrong way. You go, oh, I was just joking. Nothing yeah. More. Speaking of jokes. Uh, and, of course, Santorum, you know, he, he completely mischaracterized the John F. Kennedy speech regarding the separation of church and state. And oh, he was called out appropriately indeed. for that. Just totally inaccurate history regarding the speech itself. T takes Kennedy's comments completely out of context and then reworks them for a new narrative to accommodate family values. Is it in, in his own conception thereof, yeah. his construct of family values. Um, Which, by the way, is an issue that they cannot run on, uh, on, against Barack Obama on. You indeed. know, we're not talking, you know, they've always tried to link the Democrats to the 60s. Bill Clinton was easy pickings. Um, he was a draft dodger. He smoked marijuana. He had all these affairs, and uh, one does wonder um, about Newt Gingrich and, and Rush Limbaugh. One's got three wives, and the other has had four wives. Well, it's, and uh, don't forget, Rush Limbaugh had that Oxycontin bust. He was coming oh, yeah. back from a vacation in the Dominican Republic. What he was doing there with a suitcase full of Oxycontin, God only knows. I don't want to know. Yeah. Well, he's probably built up so so much tolerance over the years. He's basically a a junkie. It must be painful to be such a hateful man. Shamu, Shamu. <laughs> the trees are talking. The well, another lunatic uh, from the fringe here. I just have to mention this quickly. Indiana State Representative Bob Morris. Leonard Pitts uh, had a short piece in the uh, March 2nd uh, Free Press in which his lead sentence is, Bob Morris is scared of Girl Scouts. Apparently, uh, Indiana State Rep Bob Morris, a Republican from Fort Wayne, uh, says this, The Girl Scouts, he wrote, is the tactical arm of Planned Parenthood. He called it a radicalized group with homosexual agenda that promotes abortion while seeking the destruction of traditional American values. As members of the Indiana House of Representatives, we must be wise before we use the credibility and respect of the People's House to extend legitimacy to a radicalized organization. This is his request uh, to fellow state lawmakers regarding a resolution to recognize the 100th anniversary of the Girl Scouts of America. So yes, ladies and gentlemen, buy Girl Scout cookies today and support the group that Bob Morris says... <laughs> is out to destroy traditional American values. What <laughs> insanity. Right. Talk about paranoid conspiracy theories. The Girl Scouts talks about women's health. It talks mm -hmm. about opportunities for advancement for women. It's a great empowering organization for young girls. But hey, you probably know this. You live in Ann Arbor where we think about things. And uh, my daughters both went through Scouts, had a great experience with it. Bob Morris probably feels okay about the Boy Scouts. They've been actively uh, and aggressively uh, homophobic. Uh, the Girl Scouts, to their credit, have uh, always been a great educational uh, mm -hmm. group. Uh, tolerance and compassion. Two very important Christian values, which nominal Christians, hater Christians, completely remove from Jesus' bag of uh, suggested tips. Yeah, and my mother and sister were both active in the Girl Scouts. I was an Eagle Scout, just for the record. Uh, we're running out of time down here on WCBN FM Ann Arbor. I'd like to thank Andrew for engineering once again. Quick brain damage award out to 
Uh, John McCain, uh, on the floor of the Senate today, he's pretty Calling much... for airstrike on 